there are going to be people as we normalize, and it may not be for a little while, and it may have already started for others, but there will always be people that go through that, that what feels like a slight slowdown, that they're going to go upwards because see, they got up every day and sharpened the knife. See, they're not, they don't need to know when the knife is dull to sharpen it because they're never going to let it get dull. And that's the secret. Never let the knife get dull. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And I have another amazing guest back again, one of my favorite people in the home improvement business, Mr. Joe Tallman. Joe, welcome. Thank you. Good to be with you again, Brian. So I do this all the time. I mean to look up your episode number so I could refer people back to say, hey, we talked about Joe's background in the other episode. And of course, I didn't look it up, so we'll put it in the show notes so people can go back. But why don't you give everybody kind of the 60-second version of who you are, and then we can jump into some very good topics. Fantastic. So again, my name is Joe Talman. I've been in the industry for about 33 years, and I think that I've figured out about every way to do this business wrong that you can figure it out. Along the way, I figured out a lot of things that do work. And uh, so what I like to do is share ideas with people who care about getting better. And we discuss things that I've perfected. You know, the things that are perfected are obviously the things that don't work. Everything else is in an ongoing stage of improvement. No perfection there. And uh, I just have this great passion for the business, changing people's lives, helping employees have jobs, helping salespeople make big six-figure incomes, changing their life. I'm kind of passionate about it, and it's kind of my mission to improve the quality of people's lives, and then hopefully they go on and do something like that to the next generation or the next people they come to. You know, I read about 20 books a year on communication, persuasion, the industry, try to stay current, and even get out in the field. Uh, just a few days ago, happened to run a something I don't do very often anymore, ran out on, on an appointment, sold a little $12,000 roof. And just, you know, I just have so much fun doing it. So I have a lot of fun sharing it. And again, it's a pleasure for your folks and to be with you. As everyone should know, I have nothing but great admiration, respect for what you do and have done over the years. So it's always a pleasure. Well, thank you. So you are currently, I don't know the title. I just know you run the place. COO, yes. Yes, you run the place. What's the company called? Window Works. Window Works out of Chicago. Yeah. Just to give everybody just kind of a little reference, how many salespeople do you have running right now? Yeah, well, we have right at about 40 right now. We do have a class of six starting next Tuesday, and we're predominantly a window company. We do pretty big volume, and then we also have a pretty successful bath division, and then we have a smaller roofing division. And then as a completely separate entity, we have a design build studio, which oh. is a real challenge. That's a oh, smaller yeah. entity. But they do beautiful, amazing work. It takes a long time. 
it's hard to turn the cash. It's hard yeah. to make a profit. <laughs> That's an ugly business. I mean, it's a beautiful business on the one hand, but yeah. as far as as a business business, it's oh, kind of ugly, and, and, and with delays, you know, when you order something, they say, "Oh, these custom cabinets are twelve weeks." Then you get a letter, "Oh, it's another twelve weeks." Like nobody can wait that long, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, and wait. like you said, the money turning. I there's so many people that come through here that are in the design build space in one way or another. And to every single one of them, I say, can you get out of it? <laughs> can yeah. you go, Can you get like into something that, you know, you can get installed in less than one week? And anyway, so you also let's to remind everybody also. So he runs this big company now, but for years and years and years, he worked with Dave Yoho, still, still to some degree does work with Dave Yoho Associates out in the field as a consultant. So, and then before that, he built up a another significant size home improvement business. So when he says, you know, that he's figured out all the ways that to, to that this business doesn't work, he ain't kidding. I mean, he... he he, he's absolutely right about this. And, and I think that, you know, you, you, you always say nice things about me, but I, I really think that in the home improvement industry, you really are one of the wisest and smartest people. And I, I thought what would be really good, and we can talk to Joe about any topic, whether it's hiring, canvassing, selling, marketing, anything, and he'll be able to talk to us about it. But I wanted to start at least, and let's see where it takes us. I wanted to start with where do we go from here? So last week I was at an event and I was on stage for a little while. And one of the things, you know, you know, I talk about customer relationships, mm -hmm. but I also, you know, as it relates to kind of where we go from here is, is we've been blessed in the home improvement industry the last 13 or 14 months. This pandemic crushed many other industries, but has been a real boom for the home improvement industry. And so that can't last. This was my message was it can't last. We don't know when it's going to quote unquote normalize. We don't know what it looks like when it normalizes. At least I don't, but I think you might have a much better idea. So well, yeah, let's talk about that. I, I do have some opinions on that and thank you for those kind words. But what I would say is this, let's, let's, let's look at history. One of the great ways to understand a little bit about the future is to always look at history. And, you know, we've got 2000 years of recorded history and we got plenty of recorded history in our business industry, but here's what we know for sure. We have gone from aggressive pot for the people that have partake, taken in all this fun. You know, we went from shut down in some states. Chicago was that way for a while. Some people kept it rolling. Uh, everybody was nervous, worried, what's it going to mean? And then it's kind of started taking off and more and more. And then it was like crazy. And then it was booming. And, you know, the problem with boom times is all booms end with a bust. And we can look at all recorded history, every, you know, taught in economics, every period of economic expansion has always been followed by a period of contraction. Now, what's interesting is there are people who are prepared for that and there are people who are not. Now, the good news of economics is every period of economic contraction has led to a period of, of expansion. Now, 
The risk is you got to get through and survive the contraction. As we know, and we were talking offline, so many businesses and industries have been wiped out by the pandemic. Fortunes have been lost, businesses lost, just just incredible wealth and livelihoods taken away. But in our industry, we were the opposite. People were stuck home. They recognized things. The government was making water, money rather, fall out of the sky like water. And so we took advantage and people wanted things and we delivered. Now, the challenge is this. We have gone through a tremendous, tremendous run. And the question is this, as the pandemic emotion starts to reduce, subside, and as we see more and more opening of the economy, we start to see more people with less of the wearing of the mask in places, starting to see it even here in Chicago. And now with summer coming, and people who want to travel and vacation and do some of the things they love to do but haven't been able to, Brian, I think we're going to see the beginning right now, at the beginning of June, July, and August, September, October, people doing some of the things they love to do that they haven't been allowed to do. And that is going to be away from the home or outside. I do not believe that most people will continue to see the rush that we have currently had all the way to the end of the year. Now, I can tell you that I communicate every couple of weeks with some good friends of mine, about 20 business owners around the country. We have this little private group and we've already shared some data where and these are all large companies. So, you know, we're talking about issuing, I'm looking at a big screen up here. Last month in my business, I issued 1300 appointments to salespeople. I can tell you right now through yesterday, and I've only got a couple of days left in the month, I've only issued 995. Mm-hmm. So that's different. Yep. Challenges had the same marketing budget. So the key is that we don't wait until the trains left town to say, oh my gosh, what's happened or what's happening? We need to be able to say, hey, we got to get our house in order. There's going to be, like you use the term, uh, normalization. It's going to balance out at some point. It's going to start, in my opinion, I'm only giving my opinion. I'm not saying I'm right. There's a difference, but it is a deeply held opinion that we will start in June, if we haven't already in May, which many have, start to see a precipitous, slow, steady, back to normal. And it could be more than we think for two reasons. First reason is the emotional pull to go do those things we haven't been able to do. And secondly, because of the sheer magnitude of spending on remodeling, there must be, there must be, my opinion, a pull forward effect of business we were going to do, and we just got a lot of it a lot faster. The EU is allowing vaccinated people into their countries supposedly this summer. When I saw that, I immediately, we have a mastermind group like yours. We have a mastermind group of 12 companies and I sent it to all of the the members of my mastermind group. And we're meeting at the end of July. And I said, hey guys, this is the topic that we are going to be talking about in July because I am of the belief, I think like you are, that when people can start to travel and do the things that they haven't been able to do, it's going to suck money out of 
our industry and back into those industries. So I'm 100% with you. You were going to make another point. Well, the point I was going to make is this. It just kind of reminded me of a friend of mine that had a really uh, good-sized roofing company, and it never done a lot of storm work. But one year, there was happened to be a pretty big storm in his area. That year, he did. He said, he, "I remember him telling me he did three years worth of work yep. in, in one year." So we were, you know, he's celebrating the year. So we were just chatting at the end of the year, and I said, "Well, what do you think that looks like for next year in the coming year?" He says, "We better pray for a storm because I think we did about three years worth of work in one year." Yeah. So he's praying for storms. So not a good way to run a business, but you know, so be it. But here's my point. Okay, so what do we do about it? That's really the That's what we the, gotta right. understand. We gotta understand two things. One, that we could be faced with some challenges called normalization. But the first thing we gotta do is remember that before all of this happened, many of us and others working hard to get there were running successful businesses. And that we are capable without a mania of a moment to be successful and do great things. So we, we can never lose sight of that. But the next thing we got to understand is, so what are we going to do about it? So here's what I suggest. One of my philosophies is called the 2% advantage. It's something I've taught. I, it was central to me. In fact, we have a sign up here in Chicago. It's called get the 2% advantage. The 2% advantage means this, that we focus on incremental improvement that is leveraged through multiple locations. So let's start here. Let's get just 2% of our inquiries coming in, 2% more people schedule appointments. We schedule 2% more of those leads. Now watch this. We issue 2% more because we set them more, with more clarity in the conversation. We do a great confirmation. We may send a pleasant text message, a little email, soft touches. We get 2% more to issue. Now, because we're getting, we're sharpening the knife, we're getting ready to do the gourmet cooking. We're sharpening up that, that $800 German Japanese knife. Now we issue 2% more. Next, we demo 2% more. Ah, uh, it's getting good now. We got compounding, like compounding interest, but we're doing it in a big way. Then we close 2% more, retain 2% more, and all of a sudden, we're up compounding in the high 20s to 30% range. Yeah. Now, the key is this. I watched something on one of those chef shows one time, and the guy was talking about when they come in in the morning, somebody on this team of these you know fancy chefs and their teams sharpens these exotic knives every single day. They don't wait until they're getting a little dull. And the guy was asked, why do you do it every day? He said, because when they get dull, so, so little at a time, you don't know they're dull until it's a problem. So we do it every day. Something as simple as that. So we need to take an attitude like that chef blew me away brought it into the business. We got to look at the little things that we don't think matter that much until we're really dull, like the conversations on a set, like the confirmation, soft touches in the uh, confirmation. As well, we need to be really strong with our past customers and our database. And this is where what you talk about so brilliantly on relationships is going to be critical. Many people are going to run towards buying leads and harm their financial well-being 
when they have a wealth in their CRM. And if they put together the right soft touches, while some of the boom comes down, we start elevating with the 2% advantage and then bring in the mix, you know, past customer marketing and leveraging referrals, we can start to level out and then go back to a growth mode like we did before this time. Now, my concern is, it's my concern for my friends and people in this industry coast to coast. Most of the time, no matter what economic dilemma it is, most people can't recognize it until they're in the middle of it. And then it's way too late. Yeah. And uh, we got a great industry and we're going to continue to have great demand. I'm not a doomsday person. I love this business. I made a sale 33 years ago on a Friday night for one reason. I was the newest guy in a company. I got the lead because none of the other guys wanted to run it. They had a culture that nobody buys on Friday night. They didn't schedule Friday night leads, believe it or not. How do you believe that? They did. So finally, after the guys all on this team complained about running a Friday night lead, this is Friday morning in those days. We got the leads in the morning. I said, hey, I'll do it. And the guy said, oh, yeah, let Joe run it. Let the new guy, let him drive 40 miles to a no-show on Friday night. They're all laughing. I made a $12,000 and change sale. I could drive you to the neighborhood today. I probably couldn't find the house. I know where that neighborhood is. Yep. In those days, we made 10% if you sold the right number. I made that sale in about two and a half hours, got my first lead, got in the car, drove about a block away, and I screamed, I love this business. And I've been in it ever since. Let's make that point. None of this is doom and gloom talk. Oh, it's no. only opportunity talk. And think of this as, as two people, you know, that have seen history, that have lived through these things two or three times. And we're just saying, whoa, 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 stop and think before you go off the cliff. Right. So, you know, I, I, you're a big company. A lot of the people you talk to are big, multi-million dollar companies run by, you know, very sophisticated owners, sophisticated systems, good, strong profit models, lots of reserve cash in the bank. Mm -hmm. So I was asking you about the smaller companies that don't have the same resources, that don't have the same reserves, that don't have the same level of sophistication. What's your advice to them? Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. Well, you know, there's 
thousands of great companies across the country doing 3 million, 2 million, 5 million, 4, 8, 6, you know, and it's not about size. What it's really about is understanding that there's probably four and no more than six things that make 95% of the business, the differences in your business. I like to say a half a dozen things make 95% of the difference. The most important thing is for the, each of those companies and really everyone to identify what are those four to six things. And you're better if you can come up with fewer, but then you identify them, you put them on the wall and you say, these are the things we're gonna spend the majority of our time doing. Let me tell you, in my consulting days, I'd ask everybody, what are the four to five things that make the biggest difference? 90% plus. And to say, whether it was a sales manager, an owner, they'd make their list. Now here's the question. Do you spend 90% of your time on those four or five items? Oh, I, you know, I'm pulling it on the right. No, the answer is no. Don't tell me a story. So what are you doing? Well, I had to run over here to get new shirts for the installers. And I had to go over here and do this and go over these things. We get pulled in these 360 degree circle. Don't make us money. The most important thing, and particularly when you are smaller, is to understand what are those four to six things that make 90% of the difference. Spend your time there. Pay somebody else to do the other stuff. Forget thinking your time doesn't cost you. Your time is the most valuable time there is. Your brain power, your, your leadership, and your mind thinking, planning, plotting for the future success, that's the most valuable time in the company. And too many smaller business people dismiss the value of their own time. They run around doing hundreds of things that don't make them money. And then chase the 2% advantage. Make it a mantra, the 2% advantage. We can all get 2% better at a lot of things. Now, 10% better, 8% better, 12 that's hard. You can't even hardly get people to believe in it. But I bet you anybody that watches this could go to any employee in their company and ask them, could we get 2% better? I bet you everybody says they could, they could. And I bet if you said, do you have any ideas on how we could get 2% better? I don't care if they're a new employee or been with you forever. I bet any and everyone could tell you, well, here's three things we could do to get 2% better. Man, is it amazing when you go to your people and say, what could we do just to get this much better? And they got the answers while we're waking up in the middle of the night looking for answers. Meanwhile, there's people all around us got some answers. I think that's the most important thing that I could share. What, what are a few of those half a dozen things? Because they're all pretty much the same for everybody. Yeah. What are a few of them? Well, the first thing is data. You know, I have a phrase, uh, the three D's of business, data-driven decisions. So we got to take the emotion out. We got to get the gut feeling out. We got to get away from what the wife thinks, the girlfriend thinks, the neighbor says, oh, I, I saw this, I heard that, I think, I think. And we got to bring everything to data. The real problem with smaller companies, and, and this can also grow into large companies, is that when you get running too fast, you don't have time to sit down, get calm and look at the data. And so you make decisions emotionally and it, you know, history will tell us uh, most emotional decisions go south. So what's your data points? So first of all, you know, when things start to slow, number one, you better watch marketing, marketing efficiency and effectiveness. And if it's not getting what you want and need, 
you can't have that knee-jerk reaction. Well, I'll just spend 10 grand more. Or in a bigger company, I might just spend 100 grand more, right? So we've got to have some data. Secondly, once we have the data, we have got to go around our company and we've got to make sure everybody's on the team. And if they're not on the team with you, then you know that's a risky thing. Now, here's the problem. Most people say, oh, these people are on my team. They're with me. They love me. And then they, find, then they say, Joe, you wouldn't believe this person who just left. You wouldn't believe this person that just quit. You know what I say? Well, I thought they were on the team. So you got to stay connected to your people. This is a biggie. Talk to them more. Show them the love more. Ask them questions. You know, we live in a world with social media where everybody wants to give everybody their opinion. They want to show you what they're eating at dinner as if we care, but they want to give their opinion. Why not go to your employees and say, give me your opinion on how we could get two to 3% more efficient in scheduling installs. Tell me how we could just maybe install three or 4% more this month and keep your employees tight with you because right now is not the time to be in a big hurt and need to hire people. Everybody ought to know that's tough and no fun. So marketing is key. How you handle your customers? What are you doing with those relationships? So many you set, so many you see, but there's others that don't set or have to be rescheduled and they never get in the pipeline. What soft touches do you have that are systematized that are gonna happen automatically because you can't think of all this stuff. Things today have to be automated. I will tell you so many things we do in this business that used to be done on the phone are all automated on text messages. Don't even have to worry about it. These things are gonna go out. Certain things trigger in the CRM. This goes out, that goes out, this goes out. The stuff that you do for us, I never think about it. I just know whatever it is, your team's taking care of it. So getting those soft touches because we're gonna need leads. We're always going to need people in the hopper. Then we've the, the next major thing is our sales efficiency. You know, when we get busy, sales training usually drops off. And I want to tell you something. When things slow down just a little, man, do the sins become exposed. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, the monster closer suddenly can't close. Yep. You know, the guy that rose up from the ashes to a really good middle level guy, all of a sudden he's back in the ashes. So we got to don't wait until those events take place. I'm we're doing more training now. We're training like crazy. We're doing it in smaller groups. You know, we get in a big room with a few people in distance, but train like the world's ending tomorrow and you got to sell today. Can I, I up the bolts? Go ahead. Can I throw something into that because I think what also happens in times like this is that the business owner themselves starts to think, oh, wow, I'm, I must be really good because we're growing at 40 and 50 and 100%. Boy, I must be really good. And not to insult anybody out there, yeah. but sorry, you ain't that good. Amen. This is, this is an anomaly. And That's risky. That's a risky way to think. Yes, it's, it's a, a thing. very risky. We're never, listen, there's a great saying. It says, we're never, ever as good as we think we are. And we're never as bad as we think we are. Yeah. And if we keep that in mind, both ways, we'll be a lot safer. But you're right. When we get too big on ourselves and things slow down, man, the sins, 
uh, do they come out? But the problem is then when we haven't prepared and we didn't start the training and we're not getting the 2% advantage, we're not, you know, getting a little tighter in marketing, a little tighter in selling, a little tighter in the retention. Then we're waking up at four in the morning and we're stressed, stressed, stressed. Yeah. So, you well, know, I, you know, the other thing too is that, well, you talked about data, you talked about people, you talked about training. We talked about the superhero effect. What about, you know, one of the things that also tends to happen in times like this is that company owners think that this is their new normal. Mm -hmm. And then they start to make, add to their overhead to this new, what they think is their new level. And then it goes, it normalizes and it goes back. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. One of the great risks of growing a business is that tendency for everybody to tell you, hey, we need one more person here. And then "Ah, what's one more person, one more over there, one over here. Suddenly you have a staff and then, you know, it's very difficult to have extra people. And then one day you don't need them. What I tell people is in moments like we've been in, stay lean, stay lean and make more money. But here, going forward, stay lean. Avoid this tendency to think, you know, we're stressed, Times just got a little tougher than we were hoping for. Let's add some people to help take the stress away. No, stay lean, run lean. Ask your people to put out more productivity, not a ton, two or 3%. And when everybody brings, I'm going to tell you, when everybody brings 2% per month, it's magic. You don't, they don't have to bring a lot and you don't have to bring in more people. You just got to keep that connection. The, you know, we think of the people you know, in the uh, sort of some of the guys that went to MBA and school and all that, you know, we the topic of human capital, we really today, really, I mean, think about it. Business school had to create a curriculum and a course called human capital. Why? Because people were not valuing properly the asset of the people in their business. So they're going to teach it to young business people, you know, getting their advanced education. So, when we value our people right, we treat them right, then we ask for just a little more and we pull that team together tight, we can, we can survive anything. But I'm a firm believer that this summer is going to be about travel, vacation, and you know who's betting on it? Every airline, every hotel, every theme park in any city in America, every campground, you name it, they're counting on it. Oh, they're yeah. praying that those homeowners and those people out there stop spending their money with us and start spending with them. That's what their prayer at night is. And they're going to, we have to face it. They are going to, and it's going to impact the industry. And again, this is not, to those of you listening, this is not doom and gloom talk. This is a warning, but it's also, look, listen to what Joe is saying, because he is giving you actionable strategies and tactics and things to think about and look at. You you mentioned protecting profitability, making more money. You know as good as anybody in the industry how little people make in this business. Yes. And when I say little, I mean in terms of percentage of of revenue. Right. Um it is it's shocking to me and I talk about it a lot. My entire accelerate event is all about profitability. Because for years at, at your events, at, at Dave's events, 
I would talk to these people. They would come up and, you know, we would say, how much, how much revenue did you do last year? They'd tell me 12 million, 13 million. And then I'd ask them, I started to ask them, well, how much money did you make? And then they would go, well, and then, you know, anytime question is answered with the word, well, you know, everything that comes after that's going to be bad, not bad, bad news. Oh yeah. Bad news. And it shocked me how many people had companies doing north of $10 million that were on two, three, 5% profit margins. Where should they be? Yeah. Well, let me tell you why it usually happens. Most people start at too low of a goal and then yeah. miss it. So, you know, there's a lot of sayings about shoot for the stars, miss the stars, but reach the clouds. Yeah. I like that old fashioned idea for profitability. So here's what I personally believe. And our goal here is for a minimum of 15% pre-tax net. Now yep. I have friends that are between 15 and 20 and yep. I love them. I'm, I've not got that together yet, but 15 is truly doable when you make it your business plan and your business model. Now, if you miss 15 and hit 13, still not so bad. Not so what bad. Things got sideways a little bit. You only made 11 pre-tax net. Still a good number. But when you're shooting for seven, eight, nine, daydreaming a 10, hit three and four, here's the problem with three, four, and five. With the backlogs, you have no money because all your money is in backlog and it's out in the air. It's all in receivables. And it gets difficult when we're not turning our product. We're not getting our money to turn over quickly enough. You know, what makes our industry so amazing is that when the, when the systems are functioning, you know, we're turning money oftentimes every six, seven weeks, you know, we get out to eight, but we should dial it back four, five, six, sevens, the yellow light on the dashboard. But when it's 10, 12, 14, 16, it's really, really tough. So that takes you to the back end of your business. You know, that's where your speed, you know, we talk speed to lead and setting and scheduling appointments and, and, and leveraging up our, our marketing assets. Well, we got to have that same speed mentality in production. You know, one extra job a week that we got coordinated in and scheduled in, or we may have had a crew that could, you know, get a job started in the afternoon and finish it tomorrow. And, and, and instead of a half day today with nothing, instead of that job being a day and a half job carry forward. I really think we got to look far more strategically at the back end in how we can get just a little more. First impression is everybody's working as hard as they can, nothing we can do. Let me tell you, brother, that mindset, there's nothing you can do. However, the truth of the matter is we can all always do just a little more. And it's time to get to production, ordering everybody. You know, we can't, we can't afford with the delay shipments and everything we're all dealing with to misorder anything. We need to double check. We need to review those confirmations and make sure they're right. And we need to, as things are coming in, staging, planning, and trying to squeeze a little bit more everywhere we can, because a little bit will add up every day. And you do some of those things together, there, here's what's gonna happen. There are gonna be people as we normalize, and it may not be for a little while, and it may have already started for others, but there will always be people that go through that that what feels like a slight slowdown, that they're going to go upwards because see, they got up every day and sharpen the knife. Yeah. See, they're not, they don't need to know when the knife is dull to sharpen it because they're never going to let it get dull. And that's the secret. Never let the knife get dull. There's always time to sharpen the knife. 
There's always time for 15 minute training with some people on the phone. There's always time for 15 minute training with people that are confirming your leads. There's always 15 minutes. You could do a daily 15 minute Zoom with your salespeople if you wanted to. There's always 15 minutes to get a little better. Yeah, great advice, great advice. So I have kept you for a while. By the way, I want to do a plug. If you guys want to meet Joe, I'm going to get this out quick, Joe. If you want to meet yeah. Joe and speak with Joe, I, I'm telling you, he is, listen, he talks fast, but he gives you real actionable advice. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to mess with you a little bit here. I'm going to send people to you. But next month, he is going to be at Dave Yoho's home improvement profitability, profitability summit summit yeah. and we might still have tickets at g4 if you're interested reach out to us but joe will be there and joe on stage is fantastic but you can get him in the hallway <laughs> you can get him in the hallway and if you got questions sorry joe but you're That's just right. and i know you love it too and i know I you love it and you're fast He'll give you like, he'll give you the real world advice, whether you want to hear it or not. But what he's telling you is the absolute truth. And he's telling you because he loves you and he wants you to do well. And so he'll be there next month. I think it's in, it's in Virginia. And I think it's the 22nd, 23rd and 24th of June. Yeah. yeah if you look in that calendar, it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that week, Thursday. half day, full day, half day. It's in the DC area of Northern Virginia, beautiful resort area there. Yeah. And yeah, there's going to be some tremendous opportunity to not only to learn from what you hear, there's going to be a lot of panels, a lot of business owners and leaders talking, but you're going to get, you know, you're going to get to meet people, sit with people, say, hey, where are you from? What do you do? How do you do it? And ask questions and listen. And man, it's good. Yeah. Awesome. And, and if you find me and ask me a question, I'll make you one promise. I give you my undivided attention in that moment. Give you the best that I can. Yeah. Well, Joe. You're the best. Thank you. I really, I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to seeing you. I haven't seen you in a year and a half, probably. No. So it'll be good to see you. All right. You. And I've had my vaccine, so I'll give you a big hug when I see you. It's been Me so too. long. Amen. You know, it's it's been weird, right? Being holed up like this. And yeah. anyway, so thank you so much for being here. I'm going to ask you to come back again, probably in a few months, just to kind of yeah. see how the summer shakes out. And you know, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. grab you as many times as you're willing to, to, to come on to everybody listening. Hey, by the way, um, I did not do this at the beginning. I usually do, but if you want to get, oops, you want to get a, uh, free copy of my book, the seven secrets to becoming a wealthy contractor, go to thewealthycontractor.com And I buy the book. You just pay shipping and handling of a few bucks. And I will get you your own copy. And Joe, thank you again. Until yeah. next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a different way? Did it spark an idea or ideas that you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. If it did, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you leave a five-star review of the podcast? 
By doing so, you'll help other contractors find the podcast more easily so that we can help them achieve more success, wealth, and freedom. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. In fact, if you haven't already, make sure you go to thewealthycontractor.com and get your free copy of my latest book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. Just pay shipping and handling, and I'll take care of the cost of the book. So until next time, this is Brian Cascavalsian.